Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Ephesians 4.29, listen to the word of the Lord. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Our Words Matter. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truthfulness of your word. God, I pray now that you would strengthen my mouth and my mind. God, strengthen my body. Anoint me to say the things that you would have me to say. God, I pray that you would speak to your people today by your spirit from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Our words matter. This is the truth. This is the undeniable truth. This is the biblical truth. This is the can't get around it truth that the words that come out of our mouth matter. Do you believe that? They matter. Now, here's the the side note that people that want to tell you a lie have to mix a lie with a certain amount of what? Truth. It's not even a good lie if it's so absurd that it has no truth in it. it. It has to be mixed with truth. So liars in pulpits around the world... False theologians in pulpits around the world are teaching something about words in this generation that have a a smidgen of truth, but a bucket full of lies, and they have confused a generation of Christians about how powerful our words really are. Because you, you you can hear them on TV, on radio, anytime you turn on the dial, using phrases like, your words are powerful. You got to speak your truth, which is, which if you ever hear anybody use that phrase, you ought to just put a red flag in your mind. You don't have truth. I don't have, I can't, I can't tell you my truth because truth doesn't change from me to you. I can tell you the truth. But when they start talking about how powerful your words are, there ought to be a check in your mind and understand that God's word has more power than our word. And when they start telling you you can craft your universe and design your future by the words that you speak, you need to realize they've crossed out of the realm of truth and into the realm of foolishness. Because if it were really that simple, they wouldn't ask for money on television. Listen to, if I recommend that you wouldn't, but if you listen to these people that tell you you can speak things into existence, write them a letter and say, speak money into your existence and stop harassing old people for money and young people. So there is truth, but there is also in today's generation There is an excess that has twisted the truth of the Word of God. And today we are going to talk about our words with the understanding that they matter, but they don't matter as much as God's Word. Can you agree with that? 
if you learn to speak what God says, then you've got the best of both worlds, and that's a different sermon for a different day. But you need to learn how to let His Word be the words that come out of your mouth. Now, today, for those of y'all that don't keep up with the calendar, today is the last day of summer. And for all the people that moved to the great state of Florida and, and, and say that they missed the seasons and they missed the changing of the weather, if you've been outside for the last two nights, you've understood that the weather is changing, that the seasons are upon it. If you don't believe Florida has seasons, just catch me in February and ask me, is it colder in February than it was in August? And you're going to understand that that is the reality. But I bring that up not to talk about Florida, but to talk about the mind. Because in the mind, uh, there are certain strengths and certain weaknesses that the mind plays tricks on us or benefits us. One of the things that I've seen psychologically be true over the years is that when our minds are predisposed to a shift in the natural, then we can have a shift in the spirit realm. Remember, Jesus spoke first natural then spiritual. He talked to farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truths. He talked to fishermen in fishing terms to get them to understand spiritual truths. This is why on January 1st, so many people make New Year's. And, and they know that January 1st psychologically is a time where we are predisposed to believe it's okay to make a change. It's okay to say, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going to do this and not that. And on January 1st, it is easier psychologically to make a change in that realm because we've been told, oh, what's your you know, New Year's resolution? You can do better in the new year. We should understand as Christians that we can do better in any new day. Amen? The Bible says that, that he, he greets us every day with a truckload of benefits and new mercies. We don't have to wait until New Year's Day to make new resolutions. We don't have to wait until seasons change to let our season change. But what we can do is we can maximize the strength of the mind because the mind is telling us because nature declares that the seasons change tomorrow. Today is the last day of summer 2019. Today is the, that's why if you looked on the 10-day forecast, you see all these 60-degree nights that we're coming up on, and some of y'all are happy about that, and some of y'all live in Florida because you love hot weather, amen. Um, but the season is changing. Today is the last day of summer 2019, and I want you to know today can be the last day of whatever season you need to transition out of in your life spiritually. Now, I just said enough right there that we could go into the invitation for spiritually mature people. I just said enough right there that uh, a saved person who's locked in could say, well, I'm just ready to pray. I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready to let some things stop. I'm ready to let some things fall off. I'm ready to walk into a new season. I'm ready to embrace newness in Christ. I'm ready to be done with that stuff and get on with this stuff. And I want you to get to that place in your life because I promise you the psychology that works with the theology will bless you to move from where you are to where God would have you to be. The Bible says that God wants to transition us from one level of glory to the next level of glory. But how many of y'all will be honest and admit many times as believers we just get stuck? 
You can call it stuck in a rut. You can call it plateaued spiritually. You can call it whatever you want to. But times change. Time goes on. Things move forward. And as believers in Christ, we should be moving forward as well. I talked about babies today in our staff meeting. We talked about babies, how much baby weighs, what normal babies weigh at certain weights. Parents know these things. Parents know about what time their child should be walking. Where was TJ? TJ didn't get dedicated today. TJ just started walking at one years old, um, and that's about the time babies start walking. And you have all these benchmarks of when babies do this, when they walk, when they talk, when they get out of diapers, how old they are, when they start uh, preschool. And you have these things in mind, and that's through a natural progression. They usually go and follow that through. Here's what I see in the Christian world, though. There are people who've been saved for one year who are already walking in Christ, who are already jogging and running in Christ. And I know others who have been saved 5, 10, 50 years, but are still sucking on a bottle and whining and complaining and pitching fits like a two-year-old. No parent wants to see their child miss the proper progression. No parent wants to see their child miss the, miss the benchmarks that are common for everyone else. You want your child to start walking at the right age. You want them to start talking at the right age. You want them to start progressing at the right age. And I present to you this morning that our Heavenly Father wants to see a proper progression of our lives as His children moving forward. Can anybody agree with that? We should be growing in our Christianity. We should be maturing at, at different levels moving forward in our Christianity. And as you combine the changing of the season in the natural, you can catapult, you can springboard, you can massively advance your spirituality if you say, I believe in seasons. I believe, the Bible says that God is a God of timing. God is a God of logic. God is a God of order, and God is a God of seasons. He said that there would always be winter, spring, summer, and fall. This is guaranteed. We're giving away. We're giving summer up today, and we're moving into fall. We're going to give fall up in three months. We're going to move into winter, and it's always going to be that way. The question I have for you this morning is, are you willing for God to bring a new season spiritually in your life. You don't have to do anything to let summer end today. That's going to happen. That's guaranteed. That's on lockdown. Fall starts tomorrow. But will a new season in your life start now, a year from now, or never? I want you to know I'm urging you today in my spirit, you need a new season. I need. A new season. We need a new season together. This community needs a church full of people who claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to springboard forward. Let's grow. Let's mature. Let's be all that God has created us to be. Let's have a new season starting now. Can five people say amen to that? As a body of believers, as a local church group of brothers and sisters in Christ. We all come from different backgrounds. We have different jobs. Everyone in this room is not a pastor. Everyone in this room is not a teacher. Everyone in this room is not a construction worker. Everyone in this room doesn't work in the medical field. We, we, ha we have different 
backgrounds, we have different educational experiences, we have different employment experiences, some are students, some are workers, some are bosses, we all have different backgrounds that we come from, but one thing that we all do at various levels, we all talk, say talk. Some people talk more than others, there's a danger there. The Bible says that it, in a multitude of words, there's no lack of sin. The more you talk, the more you open yourself up to the uh, probability of saying something wrong. Amen? Uh, the less you talk, the Bible says even a foolish person, when they hold their tongue, looks wise because they don't reveal how foolish they really are. Uh, one man said, uh, you, you, you can keep your mouth shut and have them guessing, or you can open up your mouth and let them know how silly you really are. But we all talk, some talk more, some talk less, but we all talk, and we're going to talk about words this morning. Let's look at our opening text in Ephesians 4, verse 29. Uh, the scripture says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I'm going to break this verse down for you and be a little teachy this morning, uh, and I'm going to break it down based on the punctuation. I tell you all the time, and this is what I do in my own study. When you read scripture, pay attention to the punctuation. Take it in phrases, in bite-sized pieces so you can digest it. So the first part of this verse I want us to see, don't use foul or abusive language. Now, we could call right now for a uh, prayer line of people who need to be delivered from foul language. Anybody believe there's foul language being spoken in this room? Anybody believe uh, some, of, some of God's children are still cussing? Say, saying the wrong, saying foul and abusive words out of their mouth? Uh, I, I've had people say, well, the Bible don't say you can't cuss. Sure it does. It says it right here and in many other places. You should, if the world says that's a word that's not fit for, for public use, then the church certainly shouldn't be saying those kind of words. I, I've had people say, well, I don't think that's a cuss word to me. I have the same response. If you don't think it's a, if it's not a bad word to you, go in and say it to your boss. Add some words with it. Say that, or, or go say it to your grandmother. Guard your face if she's like mine. Hold hold up your hold up your dukes. Uh, go ahead and and go to your pastor, your bishop, your priest, uh, your your grand poobah, and say it to them, and they'll let you know. Really quick, there are words that are just not appropriate. Now, if the world can gauge words and say, that's just too vulgar, that's just too vile, that's just too abusive, that's just too foul, that's just too perverted, that's just too twisted, then those words have no business in the mouth of God's holy children. Don't use foul or abusive language. There are some people, and, and I've met them. I mean, it's funny. It's always funny. In man up because we just get real and raw in man up it's, and and we talk about what's going on and every now and then some brother will be giving a speech and and uh and he'll just get a little flavorful in in his definition of what's going on in his life and, and some people will be like he let that one slip he wasn't catching that he didn't he didn't know he uh he, he didn't realize you know, pastor was sitting at the head of the table. Listen, it don't matter if pastor's sitting at the head of the table or not. God hears the thoughts in your head. God hears the words that come out of your mouth. And the God who you say you've given your everything to says don't use foul language. Now, we're not going to have a prayer line for all you foul language folk. 
Because we all have our own things. We all have, you would never, and, I, and this has been my claim from Jump Street, you will never, ever hear me put those two words together, uh, commonly known as uh, GD. When, when, you, when you invoke God's name and then put that D word behind, you never hear me say that. Not because I'm saved. Not because I'm a, I didn't say that when I was lost. I didn't say that when I was selling drugs. I didn't say that when I was incarcerated. I didn't say that to the thugs in the jail cell next to me. That just wasn't part of my vocabulary. So it's certainly, as a Christian, not going to be part of my vocabulary. But what we got to realize is we all can revert back to what we used to be. I can't revert back to using those two words together because I never said it before. Remember what Peter said after the Lord left this planet. He said, I'm going back to fishing. He didn't mean he was just taking an afternoon. To fish. He said, I'm going back to what I used to do because I don't see this working out for me anymore. And don't be confused. Don't be fooled. As, even as a child of God, saved, sanctified, fire baptized with the Holy Spirit, one minute away from God's presence, you can go right back to who you used to be. You could be the same thug, the same hoe, the same everything that you used to be right off the bat. If you, do, if you believe you can keep yourself that so spiritual and so holy, then you haven't understood that it's God who's keeping us. And if we take our eyes off God, just like Peter went back to fishing, we can all go back to what we were doing before we met Jesus too. And that's why some people still got them curse words flying out of their mouth. I don't judge that. That's why we won't have a prayer line for that. I don't judge that any heavier than I judge overeating, negativity, or lack of prayer. Because we all have room to grow. Amen? Your, your issue might not be my issue. My issue might not be your issue. But can we agree we all have issues? Now, we're dealing with this issue today. You have got to make sure that you don't use foul language and that you don't use abusive language. I grew up in a home full of cussing. I grew up in a home full of verbal abuse. And if I don't lean on the Lord, uh, I can shred people with my words without ever using a curse word. And that's just as bad as using foul language. So let's make sure that we understand everybody's got their own challenge. Amen? But we all have a responsibility to obey the word of the Lord. The second part of that verse says, Let everything you say be good and helpful. Oh, man, what, what, a, what a great command. This is, not a, this is not an option. This is not a request. This is a command. God has commanded us to let everything that comes out of our mouth be good and be helpful. Well, that crosses off curse words right out, right out of the, off the start. There's nothing, nothing good about that. The world's already deemed them as profanity. Um, now, how many of y'all know we see, hear words on movies now, even in PG movies, that wouldn't have been PG 10 years ago? Listen, man, they've developed new ratings to draw in more filth. Well, that didn't used to be a PG-13. I didn't grow up with a PG-13. It was PG, it was G, PG, and R. Now they got to add all this other stuff to draw in more people and act like it's not that bad. They go with, well, they got, they got, they got G, PG, PG. They still have PG, and they have PG-13. And they have R, and then they have some NCYGF-17. Um, I don't even know that they rate movies X anymore because the majority of these R-rated movies would have been rated X when we were growing up. The stuff you hear, even at a PG-13 movie, would have classified it as R 
when we were growing up. But if the world puts this type of classification on words, certainly we as Christians ought to understand. If they say that ain't fit for children, then it's definitely not fit for the children of God. It goes on in the verse to say that everything we say should be good and helpful. It ain't good if it's perverted, y'all. It's not helpful if it's demeaning. It's not good if it's perverted, and it's not helpful if it's demeaning. One of the things that I have to deal with as a pastor is God has commanded me to reprove and to rebuke everyone with long-suffering. God has, part of my job is to tell the truth no matter how hard it hits you in the mouth. That is not how I live my life outside of this pulpit. People come in, and they're all shocked, and they, uh, they, they, they think, oh, pastor, pastor's going to Bible bash me in a counseling session. Uh, if you need it, then it'll happen that way. But if you don't need it, then you'll get the softer side. Don't think that you're supposed to thunder at people because that's what you hear a pastor do from a pulpit. There's a different call on the, the Scott Becker, the pastor, standing here declaring truth, and Scott Becker, your friend, talking to you about what you're going through. We need to let our words be helpful. Say helpful. I'm going to get you all out of here early today because my back is not feeling great. And I believe that God can say this in a little bit of time if you'll be willing to hear it. The third part of that verse, verse 29, says make sure that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Well, we're right back to Scott Becker, the pastor, versus Scott Becker, uh, the friend. Sometimes the truth in God's word might not seem encouraging. It might seem, that's when I tell you, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. How many of y'all know sometimes truth will step on your toes? Sometimes truth will make you think, wow, I need change. Do you understand in the deeper picture that that in and of itself is encouraging? It's encouraging you to get your life together. But what I'm talking about here, what this passage is talking about here, is how we relate to people as individuals, not when we're preaching the, the Word of God specifically. We need to make sure that our words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. There's an entire group of people out there. They call themselves seeker-sensitive churches or life-giving churches, and they mandate and they make all their pastors sign a covenant to join their group that says, I will never say anything that could create conflict from my pulpit. I will never say anything that might hurt someone's feelings from my pulpit. I will only say words of super encouragement that lift up everyone in the room. And, and that might sound good on first take, but how many of y'all know the Bible says that the word is a stumbling block and a rock of offense. And if, if you can fall on it and be bruised by it or it can fall on you and crush you. In telling the truth from the pulpit, some of those words are going to make you say ouch. And sometimes if God is using you to speak to a friend, you might have to say some things that cause them some discomfort. But the purpose of those words are ultimately to encourage the ones who are hearing it to move forward in their relationship with the Father. One thing I want you to get before we get out of here, it would be great if we all would think before we speak. Now, I've heard people say, oh, I, 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 I didn't think before. I, it just flew out of my mouth. I, I didn't even think about it. Let me say, um, from a natural standpoint, that's impossible. You cannot have a word come out of your mouth that you didn't think first. We always think before we speak, 
But we have to put a pause between our thinking and our speaking. Sometimes we let those words come out of our mouth as we're starting to think about it. You can't, you can't say the word without thinking about it, but you can say the word without thinking about it long enough. Sometimes a little Holy Ghost pause might help us. Sometimes a, a little, uh, you know, count to five might be necessary before you just let somebody know everything that you're thinking. There was a great pastor of the famed Moody, uh, Moody Church up in Chicago, started by, uh, founded by Pastor D.L. Moody, great preachers coming out of there, R.A. Torrey, H.A. Ironside. Uh, this, this guy, Pastor Adam, uh, Alan Redpath, great quotes from this man, pastored there for years, phenomenal uh, ministry. But he came up with this acronym, for think and teaching his church members how to think before they speak and i want to share it with you this morning before we get out of here so here's what you do you take a letter and you assign it to a word so what's the first letter in the word think t so before you say it out of your mouth you need to ask yourself is it true because you shouldn't be saying falsehood. The Bible tells us not only not to lie, but not to bear false witness. I've heard people say, well, Pastor, I didn't technically lie. Well, if you didn't technically lie, then you did bear false witness. You said it in a way that it represented something other than the whole truth. When you think before you speak, I want you to run it through this filter. Number one, is it true? How many of y'all believe Christians shouldn't be telling lies? All right? So we need to make sure that it's true. What's the next letter in the word think? H. So H, you need to ask yourself, is it helpful? Because a lot of times we'll say stuff just because we want to get it off our chest. But if it's not helpful, then you shouldn't say it. It needs to be true, and it needs to be helpful. What's the next letter in the word think? I. So we got I. Is it inspiring? Is it going to create the right type of activity is it going to create the right type of movement because sometimes we, we just go off on a tangent and say any old kind of thing whether whether it's true or not whether it's helpful or not whether it's inspiring or not but if you really want to please God with your words you need to go through this think process and wonder is what I'm about to say going to inspire someone for God's good so we're talking about think what's the next letter in the word think in is it necessary is it necessary i in my own life i, I try to be as transparent as, as y'all as with y'all as i can i try to open up and let y'all know that i've got my own issues not to make light of issues but so you can know if god can use me he can use you too so many times if if i especially now listen i had to learn over the last seven years people to have a lot of empathy for people who are in chronic pain, to have a lot of compassion for people who are in chronic pain. Because I've learned over the last seven years, it's hard to be nice all the time when your body's hurting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It, it's hard to be, to, 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 to always think before I speak. And sometimes we just get on a rant. Uh, it might be true. It might even be somewhat helpful. Uh, inspiring, maybe not. And necessary, all the way, surely not. No one needs to hear everything that's on our mind. 
No one needs to hear everything that we have to say. Some things, when we get into these discussions, we get involved in words that aren't necessary. And I want to, in my own life, because y'all know many times, I'm sharing with you what God's been dealing with me about. And I am trying to make sure that my words honor God. Does anybody want to go on that journey with me? I'm jumping into a new season. I'm going to filter my words through this think process. I'm going to filter my words through Ephesians 4.29. And I am going to bring glory to our Father. What's the last letter in the word think? K. So K, is it kind? Are the words you're about to say kind? Because if they're not, so, sometimes people just like to go in on somebody just for the sake of going in. And your rant might make you feel better as you're ranting, but if you're saved, it is going to, it is going to burden you after you're done with it. I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've had to go to my own children, to my own sister, to different friends, and say, hey, I, I know that, that what I said, uh, that, that, that I was carried away, and, and it wasn't kind, um, and apologize. You say, oh, wow, you're that evil, Pastor? Yeah. I don't want to be. That's why I'm trying to get a new season. Amen? Pray for me. When you get perfect, I'm going to let you be the pastor. Then we can throw rocks at you. And when you get perfect, I'm going to let you be the pastor, and then we can all judge you. Now, it shouldn't be that to begin with, but I want you to think, and I want me to think before we speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Sometimes the Bible, sometimes telling somebody the truth, they might take it wrong. That doesn't mean that it didn't fit all these five things. They may, they may just be offended by it because they're evil and they don't want to give up on their evil. And they might take the message and hate the messenger. Paul had to deal with that with some of his closest friends in Galatians. In, in Galatians chapter 4, he asked them, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Now sometimes, especially a parent to a child, you're going to have to tell a child some things that are going to hurt their feelings. Some of y'all won't do that. That's why your children are headed for jail. But, but I want her to be my best friend. Well, then you'll be her first call she makes from prison. And y'all can pen pal. Sometimes as a parent, we have to say some things to our children that they don't necessarily want to hear. And or to our church folk that they don't necessarily want to hear or to ourselves that we might necessarily want to hear. We should not become an enemy of somebody simply because they told us the truth. I've seen this for 18 years at Abundant Life. I have seen it, and, and that's why when people really start blowing me up and telling me how much they love me and, and how, how much God has used me to do in their life, I, I, I kind of put a red flag in my mind wondering how, how soon till they hit the door. Because here's what I've seen happen. People come to Abundant Life, and they, 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 this is what they tell me. You, you believe what you want to believe. This is what they tell me. Pastor Scott, I just love how raw you are. I just love how real you are with the Scripture. You just put it down. You, 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 you just put it down where, put the hay down where the goats can get it. You just say it real. You don't pull no punch. And, and that's refreshing in an age of politically correct sissies in the pulpit. Anybody believe anybody ever told me that? I get that speech all the time. And so what they say is like a glass of water in a dry desert place when they first start coming around. As time goes by, in the by and by, as they 
go backwards in their spirituality. Then there becomes a shift. I don't change me. I've been preaching this way since y'all met me. I've been preaching this book since y'all met me. I've been telling the truth, flat-footed, straight, truth, no chaser since y'all met me. But as people get further away from God, what used to be a cup of cold water in a dry desert place becomes they, they feel like I'm splashing cold water in their face. What I, I, say, I say the same thing years ago. You thought that was refreshing. If I say it to you now, you're like, who is he? Oh, I, he, he probably thinks he's talking about me. Like I couldn't talk about him. No, I'm just up here telling the truth. The way you receive it, it, it shows forth where you are in your heart. Don't let me become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Don't let someone else cause you to be their enemy because you tell them the truth. But we do need to pay attention to our words. In Psalm 119, 14, the psalmist said, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He was specifically focusing on the words of his mouth and the thoughts in his heart to be pleasing to God. Now, if he says, may these things be pleasing, if they might be pleasing, then what else could be true? They might not. How many of y'all know that some of our words are pleasing in the Lord's sight and some of them are unpleasing? Some of our actions are pleasing and some of them are not pleasing. But if you want what God has for you, you got to get to the place where you are concentrating on your words and your actions. Your words and your actions. you got to realize your words can please God and your words can displease God. And if you're truly saved, you don't want anything to do with displeasing God. Let's look at our last verse in our opening text. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, I want you to see something. I'm not going to take time to preach this whole verse, but this is talking to what kind of people, saved or lost? Saved people. It's talking to people that have a guarantee of salvation on the day of redemption. This is talking about people who have already been identified as God's own, and that type of people can bring sorrow to God's spirit. One version says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We can grieve God's Spirit. We can bring sorrow. How many of y'all know that the way a child messes up can, can have an impact on the heart of a mother and a father? The way a child messes up can be, bring grief to a mother and to a father. And I want you to know today that as a child of God, you might be bringing grief to God's Spirit. You might be bringing sorrow to God's spirit. And I know if you're really saved, you don't want that. You don't want to be that child. If you're truly saved, you want to be that child that daddy is happy with. But we need to understand the way we live can bring God sorrow or it can bring God joy. If you call yourself a child of God, you just need to make up in your mind. Do you want to be, be uh, the child that brings dad sorrow or the child that brings dad joy because we have a heavenly father that we can either bring sorrow or joy to and a lot of it is centered on our words and on our actions in Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 the Bible says let your conversation be gracious and attractive 
so that you'll have the right response for everyone. To have the right response for everyone indicates to me you're really going to have to think before you speak. If you're going to have the right response, you ought to put as much thought into what you're saying and how you're saying it as you possibly can. Proverbs 10.32 says, The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speak perverse words. We have a self-identifying, now that's rolling off the screen there, we have a self-identifying truth inside this verse 32. The lips of the godly speak helpful words. So if you speak helpful words, you're being what? If you speak unhelpful words, you're being what? You can be godly, you can be ungodly, based on whether or not the words you speak are helpful. The mouth of the wicked speaks perverse words. You do not want people being confused of whether you're godly or whether you're wicked. Your words can identify you to the people around you as to whether you're godly or whether you're wicked. And here's the reality. God knows your heart. And I believe that today it's time for some of us to let our mouths catch up to our heart. I believe it's time for some of us to start talking the way we believe and we, the way we feel on the inside. Last verse, and I'm done. Verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. I'm not going to preach that whole verse and every one of those things that we're commanded to get rid of, but I want you to study this on your own this week. I want you to realize God has commanded us to get rid of all bitterness. Some of y'all are so bitter, you can't move forward in life. And I want to tell you something. As long as you choose to stay bitter, you're going to be stuck. Summer is turning into fall, but you're going to, you can be stuck in bitterness. You can transition out of your season of bitterness into a new season, just like we're all going into fall tomorrow, or you can stay stuck with that. You can stay stuck in a place of being filled with rage and anger, you can be using harsh words and slander and all types of evil behavior, or you can make a decision that says, I'm going to move forward in my life. Every person in this room, every person on this planet needs a new season. I don't care how close you've been to God over these last three months. We all need a new season. We all need to get rid of all types of evil behavior. That's a catch-all. Whatever you've been doing that hadn't been pleasing God, it's time for that to go. It's time to leave that in the past. The Apostle Paul said that one of the keys to being successful in Christ was forgetting the things that were behind him and living in the now. We got to learn to live in the now. We got to learn to press forward and stop looking back. If you keep looking back, you're going to stay upset. If you keep looking back, you're going to stay bitter. If you keep looking back, you are not going to be able to walk in the newness that God has for you. So I wonder this morning, are you ready for a new season spiritually? doesn't matter if you're ready for summer to be over. It's over. Today's the last day. Now, thank God in Florida, we're still going to have some, some heat. We're still going to have some blue skies and some warm weather. But the season is changing whether you want it to or not. The season is changing whether you do anything to make it happen or not. That's a guarantee. That's a given. But I come to you today 
by order of the Most High God to let you know you can change your season right now. You don't have to wait until summer is fully over. You can change your season right now. You can let your words get better. You can let your actions get better. You can let go of your bitterness, your anger, your rage, your harsh words, your slander, and every other type of evil behavior if you choose to. Or you can carry those into your tomorrow. But they're not helpful for your today. And they won't be helpful for your tomorrow either. So the question remains, do you want a new season? Do you want to get closer to God in the fall of 2019? I want to encourage you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. We're going to have a time of open altar. We're going to have a time of open altar where I'm going to just, I'm going to sit down for a minute and I'm going to pray and I'm going to let God do what he wants to do with you. I'm going to ask uh, a couple of people to come forward. You can start coming forward right now. If I've asked you before to work on the altar, y'all come on. Come on up and and, and be here to to pray. Uh, If you need prayer, you come and let one of these altar workers pray with you and pray for you. But you ought to learn how to pray for yourself. We're going to take a time of of prayer dedication right now. If you want somebody to pray for you, you can do that. If you want to come to this altar and pray, you can do that. Or you can just stay seated wherever you are. But whatever it is that God has put on your spirit to do, I want you to move. I want you to move. So many times God started his command for people moving them forward with these two words, get up. He said, get up. It takes something to get from where you are to where God wants you to be. So right now, while people are already moving around, if you want to come for prayer, come for prayer. If you know how to pray and you want to pray for yourself, get on this altar and pray to God. Let's do what God has called us to do. God, I pray that you would move in this time. Have your way. Let us move to a higher place, God. Let us move to a new season. Commit this time of prayer to you now, God, and ask you to move on the lives of your children in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.